Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer Podcast. I'm really excited to bring my guest to you, Dr. Stephanie Mage. I'm going to call her Dr. Steph from here on out to this week's show. We share a lot of similarities around uh, general health and well-being and mindset. So we've had a little bit of time to chat before I hit the record button. Like I said, I can't wait to bring her story and what she's doing to you. Now, outside of that, one thing I haven't ever shared on this podcast is when I started my biofeedback practice, this is, boy, more than a decade ago, the person that I uh, really kind of uh, took me under her wings was actually a chiropractor, Diane Hughes in Bellevue, Washington, if you happen to be there. And she believed in what I was doing. She believed in biofeedback. She believed in a lot of the same things I believed in. And so my first person, if you will, was a chiropractor. And so I was uh, sharing with Dr. Steph that I have a huge affinity to, for chiropractors, really for, uh, for her support of me. Since then, the modalities that I have always worked with over the, like I said, more than a decade has been chiropractors and acupuncturists, massage therapists, nutritionists, all of which make up a community of what really it takes uh, in our landscape of wellness and well-being. So like I said, I'm a big proponent of chiropractic care. I know that in our time together, we're going to be able to dispel some myths, maybe clear up some thoughts that you've had around what a chiropractor does or is or how to use one, and as well, some things that I think you're going to find fascinating. As you know, the tagline for this podcast is inspiring you to make a difference, and I can assure you in really fascinating ways, she is doing just that. Now, before we jump into this, I, I want to tell you, she. when I say she's doing some amazing things, this is what I hope you're dialing into is whatever your day job is, whatever it is you're doing, start to think out of the box of folks that you can reach out to or communities that you can impact in a way that you may not have even thought about. This is who she is to me. So before we uh, really go too far off the rails, Dr. Steph, is there anything that I have left out that folks should know about you? Oh my golly. Well, that was wonderful. I love listening to you talk about me. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so much fun. All right. Um, I should mention you're in Chicago. I am in Chicago and I've been uh, doing this whole chiropractic thing for over 20 years. So I've been around for a while. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so with that, let's launch right into it. So as somebody who's been doing this for more than 20 years, uh, chiropractors have come a long way in 20 years, right? I mean, I, I think 20 years ago, holy cow, chiropractors oh were almost witch doctors. And now you see uh, strip malls, right? And, and the fact that it's uh, chiropractic care is accepted by uh, many, if not most, insurance plans. So even yeah. though it's becoming much more widely accepted, just from a straight chiropractor standpoint, what would you say is the most misunderstood or misconception that people have when they hear, oh, uh, you know, so-and-so is a chiropractor? Well, I mean, that's a great question. And it's a question that I try to answer almost 
immediately with every person that I meet. You know, for me, you know, in a way it's come so far and a way it's gone so much backwards because initially, you know, chiropractors, when they first got licensed in the early 1900s and when they were coming up and chiropractic was kind of gaining momentum, the reason that chiropractic got licensure as physicians equal to medical doctors in a lot of way is that they had a huge impact in the epidemic that flu epidemic in the early 1900s. So, you know, people were tens of hundreds of thousands of people were dying of the flu. And there's actual stories and books that have been written about chiropractors going in, you know, you'd have a hospital filled with people with the flu and the people that they would triage, like they didn't think they were going to make it. They'd have them in tents outside, you know, so they were just kind of like hospice before there was hospice and chiropractors would go into those tents and adjust people and people would live. So the idea like chiropractic until it hit the insurance game was really thought to be more of a holistic. It was much smaller in its scale. Not a lot of people knew about it, but it was much bigger in its scope of what chiropractic really was all about. And then insurance came and, and insurance, you know, adjuster said, well, they're adjusting the neck and the back. So it must be about neck and back pain. And so the biggest misconception that people have about chiropractic is that it's neck and back pain. Now, let me just tell you, I can help a neck and back pain like nobody's business. You know what I mean? But, right. but I do also know that that nervous system really is what we're going after, that the nerves that run your whole body come out in between those, those vertebrae. And so if something's off or stuck or not in the right alignment in your spine, that can irritate those nerves and cause other aspects of your body not to work right. So whoever this car, the car, wonderful chiropractor in Washington that you had an experience with, got that, that what you did with biofeedback in the nervous system made her job easier. And what she did with chiropractic in the nervous system made your job easier, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so let me, let's talk about this. So uh, do you believe that people need to wait for an injury, a neck pain, a back pain, a migraine, whatever, before you seek out chiropractic care or, and I already know the answer to this, but for those people <laughs> that might not know the answer to this, what is the value of incorporating chiropractic care as it relates to preventative uh, uh, medicine and and just uh, wellness on the whole of maintaining our health and well-being before things go awry. Well, it's simple. I mean, I can just give you an analogy to start with. It's the, the analogy is: Do you wait for you to have a painful toothache and a cavity that's decaying to the point that it gets to the nerve, or do you go to the dentist and get your teeth clean to prevent that from ever happening? So we live in this world. See, this is the thing. And I, I interviewed a, a posture expert, and she said something that just has stuck in my craw, I guess, which is as technology evolves, our posture de-evolves. So the more we're staring at screens and, and iPads and all of that, our posture is actually de-evolving. Our, our posture is getting worse, and it's getting worse in scary ways because, you know, 
Those little ones whose spines are little cartilaginous, very pliable, not yet fully hardened things are hunching over iPads and phones and texting in ways that could like permanently change the alignment of their spine. So Absolutely. I mean, my I have a specialty in pediatrics. I see I see people from the you know birth until I have a 92 year old patient. You know these you know that spine is hunching over things. So I do believe that that prevention, that coming in and caring for your spine as if you're caring for your teeth or you're caring for your eyes, is only going to make you healthier the older you get. And oh my gosh, I love it when people come in and they're like, I don't really have a problem. I just want to stay well. I get goosebumps. I hug them. You know what I mean? This is the world I want to live in. Oh, I totally do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up an interesting thing. I read a a very similar statistic about, you know, uh, teenagers going in to, you know, doctors with migraines and, uh, you know, uh, back pains and thinking that they have scoliosis or some kind of problem. And it's it's a very unique problem to our time of literally these, you know, gosh, from uh, 10 to 14 year olds hunched over an iPhone texting hours on a day that we are seeing problems with the spine that you typically don't see, you know, from what you and I know to somebody uh, that's somewhere between 40 and 60 years old. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I'll tell you the story. I remember the person specifically, his name is Keen. I'll just leave it at that. He's an early adopter. Mm -hmm. He had an iPhone before anybody else and he was in his teens and we had managed to get, he, he had always had really, uh, very painful spinal issues uh, from very early on. And we had gone and worked and really gotten this guy really stable, really healthy. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, takes a turn for the worse. And I'm like, what's going on? So we start, you know, seeing him a little more frequently and, and it's not getting better. And, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, what's going on? You know, I'm starting to think we better send him off for more testing and this and that. And then he's sitting in my office one day and it was the first iPhone and he is all in it, all hunched over it, dove in. And I said, oh, is that the new iPhone? And he goes, yeah, I'm totally obsessed. I'm like, you yawn it a lot. And he's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. I go, so I did a quick little reset of how he's using it. I'm like, this is the problem. Yep. The next time he came in, not never had a problem again. So it is, it is, you know, and it isn't just the young people. I mean, I have these really, you know, I had this elderly couple that were in their eighties and I go, oh, these kids nowadays in their phones and here, these two are hunched over their phones. And, you know, so it is something that, we need to address because you're talking about migraines and pain, but what I'm talking about is your respiratory centers that are at the top of your spine is, is affecting the oxygenation, easy for me to say, the oxygenation of your whole entire body when you have this head going forward chronically. Exactly. So for those of you that are listening to this on your iPhone or iPad... <laughs> 
Deep inhale, shoulders up, roll the shoulders back, and let's drop back into the rest of this interview. And it's fascinating all of the little things that cumulatively add up over days and weeks and months that, that wind up really causing us great harm. So super fascinating. Well, when you were talking, uh, in our, you know, I always say we should tape the pre-interview because sometimes that's better than the interview. Although you didn't really let me talk much, which I like, (laughs) but you, you, something that you said was something that, that is one of the, the reasons why I started my own podcast and I've gotten out of my comfort zone and done something like this is because I see people like you were seeing people that you could have helped that, that, you know, you could help. And yet they might not have known what you know, or they might not value that preventative aspect of things. And this is one of those things that, that if, if people would know the negative aspects of just, just a morsel of knowing that forward head where your head is hanging forward, hanging over a phone, if you Google like the negative things, there's so much research now backing that up that, uh, you know, I just want to prevent that from ever causing these cascade of problems. I couldn't agree more. Now, for where we are, let's just reel this tape back a little bit. Did you always know? I mean, this is a crazy question. I can't imagine when you were five and six years old, you're thinking, I want to go into prevention. I just want to save people (laughs) from ever feeling bad. So take me into your journey. You have such passion and I love, I, I don't often run across somebody who has the level of passion that I do around, you know, um, wellness and mindset and get ahead of this game because it's easier than what you think. So uh, trust me, my audience knows I'm passionate beyond measure about this. So I'm so thrilled to have you on this show going back in time. Talk to me about your journey, because I know there are people listening who say, well, I wish I knew what, you know, uh, Dr. Steph and Michelle do. They're just so passionate about what they're doing. I don't really know what I want to do with my life. So were you always crystal clear? What were your twists and turns of getting to where you are right now? Oh my gosh. I was, I am a self-made woman. No, I, you know, for me, I, I did always know I wanted to be a doctor, I always knew that. And I always wanted to be a pediatrician. And like I said, I see lots of kids in my practice. And, uh, but the journey to that got off. I got off my rails so many times. And for me, the one thing that I think has always saved me is that I'm just not somebody that can settle for just good enough. I just am not. And it, that is an asset and that is a curse a lot of times yep. <laughs> where I can't see when things are good. I always want to make them better. And so, you know, I've had to practice gratitude in what I have. And that's where we're going to roll into some of the mission work. Nothing got me more grateful for the life I had than going out and helping people that, that, um, would kill for the life I had, you know? And, uh, but no, I, you know, I've been on this journey my whole life. I'm, I'm turning 50 in a month and I've done a lot of work to undo some of the teaching of my parents and my upbringing and my, my early teachers. And I was a, an athlete and my coaches, I had some really good coaches and I had some really bad coaches. And as a, you know, as somebody that was, impressionable, 
I was impressed by these people. And so I, I've had to kind of deconstruct some of that thinking and recreate kind of recreate the life that I wanted. So in a lot of my early practice in in chiropractic, I just kind of, you know, was just hoping that I didn't go out of business. And then somewhere down the line, something turned and I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm actually going to create the practice that I want. And if no one wants to come, then I go out of business, but I'm not just going to be just the Jane of all trades. I'm going to be the practice that I want. And so I started to create this very specific practice in this very specific way, talking about whole wellness. I have my bachelor's in nutrition. And so talking about really, you know, how to be well inside and out. And, you know, over the years, it's just blossomed. And now I feel like if I don't talk about it outside my four walls, I'm doing the world a disservice because I do think there are people out there that just, just really want what I have. And what a lot of chiropractors have that just don't even know that chiropractic and, 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 uh, and what, you know, this kind of path is, is an option for them. So let's talk about this for a second. So when you say about not settling, and I swear to you, every second I hear you talk, I know we're kindred spirits. <laughs> and there is a double-edged sword with that, right? Because you have yeah. a very high standard. And so a lot of things feel like we're settling. So I, I got you on that one. So let's talk about this thing uh, about settling and, you know, hey, you're a chiropractor. That's good enough. Just have your practice in Chicago and call it a day. You're clearly not doing just that. So I want to start with the first thing that I heard about you before we get into mission work, and that is just work with the homeless population. I have never, and I love when I hear things that people are doing that I've never considered nor have I heard of. How in the world do you get from having a chiropractic practice focused on pediatrics, right? And, you know, health and longevity and wellness, and then think, uh, I should bring this out to the homeless community because I'm sure they could benefit. That's for a lot of people listening to that seems like a, a ridiculous stretch. How in the world do you get from, you have your practice, hey, I don't want to go broke, I'm going to do the best I can, and that's what I'm going to do, to a community outreach of uh, serving the homeless population? Well, I can't really start with the homeless unless I start with the mission work. And Fair enough. I can't really start with the mission work until I say that I really believe that in order to live at the level that I've lived, I've surrounded myself with some of the best people in the world. I just, I just have one of the first things I learned in my personal development growth is that like, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. You know what I mean? So, so I, 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 I've hung out with people that are big thinkers. And so I'm at one of these, these, uh, opportunities where I'm around a bunch of chiropractors that really quite honestly have bigger, better, wider, vaster practices than me. And yet I'm loving them and they're loving me and, uh, and I'm growing, you know, I'm in the beginning of a journey that they're, you know, they've been on for 20 years before me. And I, 
I don't know. I've always wanted to do mission work, and yet I didn't know I always wanted to do it. And then I sat next to a guy that had a, a company called the Cairo Mission, a, a nonprofit. And you know, I won't go into his story, but the moral is, is that you know he wanted to do Doctors Without Borders. He woke up in the middle of the night, kind of like I did, like I want to do something bigger. And he went to Doctors Without Borders, and they said, "Sorry, only medical doctors, and you can come and you can volunteer, but you can't do chiropractic." And so he created his own. And I went on, I went on some of these trips. And what I realized, I realized a couple things. Like, I hope my adjustments help them. I know that they did, but for me, it saved my life because I, you know, in this mismatching, mismatching kind of like striving to be better all the time, I was missing the boat of being grateful for the life I had and being grateful for where I'm at and, coming from a purpose of wanting a bigger life to help people rather than thinking that when I get to a certain place, then I'll be okay or I'll be happy. Realizing how happy I was in, in the journey. And, uh, and so I went on these, these mission trips. And so the mission trips are half doctors, half students, and we're adjusting people and people have never had a chiropractic adjustment in their life. And they are having these you know, just miracle reactions, like the energy and the joy. It was like spontaneously released joy that would happen. And you would start adjusting a couple people in a village and then the whole village would descend. And, you know, I have a video on my website where I'm, I'm literally adjusting five generations of a family. And finally they brought out them, the great, great, great grandma who was 110 years old and I'm adjusting a 110 year old woman. And it, it was just like, I still get goosebumps. It's such an honor. But what I realized is there's joy with these people that have very little. And so why, what am I like attaching my joy to? Is it stuff? Is it more stuff? Do I need a better car? Do I need this? Do I need and so I started to look at what things really brought me joy. And for me, creativity brings me joy. That's what led me to the whole podcasting thing. But, you know, so I went on many of these trips and then eventually I'm like, I got to practice, you know, I got to, you know, I, I, I got, mama got a mortgage. You know what I mean? Like I got to, sh- I got to be in my practice too. And somebody, another, one of those wise women, usually they're women said, well, you live in Chicago. Do you think maybe there are some people you could help there? And that led me to, led me to the, uh, uh it's called the night ministry, which is a organization that brings vans and buses to certain areas, uh, every day of the week in different areas that, uh, help give services to the homeless population. So I, you know, approached them and they had never heard anything about anything like this, but my whole thinking was if you're homeless, how and you and you are subluxated meaning your nervous system isn't functioning right and you know how it is when you need an adjustment and you get one it's like oh my god i feel so much better how are you going to ever get out of the situation you're in like the einstein thingy of the same thinking that created the problem can't fix the problem so that's what led to the homeless thing and what they what they have said is that they have never seen anything be, be so utilized so quickly as getting adjusted. And I'm just literally on the sidewalk and, you know, that, but 
it's an experiential thing. You know, it chiropractic can be this argument and this, like, I don't believe in it kind of thing, you know, intellectually. But once you experience a chiropractic adjustment, it's a whole different animal. Then you start to kind of get that this is a little bit more than just getting rid of back pain. So uh, talk to me here about this feeling of what you get, because the reason I started this podcast, the Game Changer podcast, is people who are out changing the game in some way, shape, or form. And to me, you're a game changer. This work, this right here, finding a way to make a difference, even if it's in one person's life or, you know, a uh, hundred or tens of thousands, to me, fulfillment and, and sustainable, you know, happiness or joy comes from one gratitude, which you've spoken uh, about quite a bit through your story and about giving back about contribution. And at some point, I think we all come to this conclusion, at least I hope we do that. There's, there's something more that I am here to do. That's greater than me. Yeah. And if you and I were to be sitting in a coffee shop having tea with somebody and whatever their day job is or their stay-home wife or whatever, wherever their story is, they're, uh, what they're doing, and they feel like, you know, okay, look, I'm not a biofeedback practitioner. I'm not a chiropractor. You two are just in some other league. You do what you do. I can't relate. And we were sitting there talking with this person. And they were to say, and my life feels unfulfilled. I'm not really sure what direction I'm taking. I'm not sure what I want to do. And if you were to hone in on the one feeling, what it meant to you or what it has meant to you outside of necessarily the adjustment, but the look in the eyes, whether it's the hope, whether it's the possibility, whether it's a feeling of maybe even movement that, that this person didn't even think was possible, I know that in those moments, that's what touches your heart of this moment right here is priceless. Yeah. So if you and I were to be sitting in a coffee shop with that person right now, and you were to say, Hey, if you're sitting on the fence, if you're wondering if you can make a difference in whatever it is, volunteer work at the children's hospital, fill in the blank. If somebody's saying, gosh, I don't know if that's for me, what would you say is the single cumulative takeaway that you have had in all the work that you have done that you haven't been paid for, right? That's volunteer no. work. What would you say the cumulative effect is that you have had that has touched your heart or moved you in a way or made you a different human being for doing it? That if you could talk to this person for a minute, what advice would you have for that person to say, Hey, I want you to consider this. Well, I think that, I mean, what just comes into my brain is follow your joy. And yet that sounds really kind of woo-woo if you can't really put your finger on something. For me, what I've noticed is that I've noticed it uh, in the volunteer work and the altruistic stuff that I've done. I've noticed it in this whole podcasting game is that there's been a moment in time where all of a sudden I, I literally – I. I'm, I get goosebumps in my body and I think, and I can take a deep breath and think there's literally nothing else I should be doing right now. Like there's this, like, it's like time almost stops. Like that's how, I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know what the impact is, but there's just so, every cell of my being says I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I don't know what that would be for the person, but what I would say is, you know, follow what, you know, 
what things light you up. You know, I mean, if it's, if it's reading, then is there a way you can channel that into something that you love to do? You know, if it's art to art, can you take an art class? Maybe not. I mean, this kind of started for me as an unfulfilled creative thing that I was an artist, that I was wanted to be an artist my whole life. And I chickened out and became a doctor. And now as I'm approaching, you know, and going through my midlife crisis, I realized that in order to be happy, I need to create something. And so I've created this, this podcast, this community that I'm developing, somebody like you who I've never met. And I'm like, oh my God, why are we not having coffee next week? You know? Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what comes up for me around that. It does. And, you know, I think that all of us have, uh, what I consider time standstill. Something mm. that we're doing, a conversation that we're in, and we don't realize that an hour or two has passed because we're so passionate about what we're talking about. That's your calling. Yeah. And there's one side that is find a way to make money at that, right? Do what you love and the money will come. And there's another side to say, if this is your passion, I bet somebody else would benefit from your passion. Go do that good work out in your community because there are people who would love to be around that passion. So I could not agree with you more. Now, while we're talking about this and you've referenced your podcast a couple of times, there's a couple of things I want you to uh, chat about here with folks. One, I want people to know how to get a hold of you, whether they're in the Chicago area or not, mm-hmm. um, how they can find your website. There's one, how they can find your podcast. There's two. And I know you have a book that's out. So there's three. So I would like you to address <laughs> all three for folks that want to uh, continue to stay in touch with you and what you're doing. What are those? Well, Number one, I have a podcast. It's called Women Seeking Wellness. And uh, you can go onto iTunes or Stitcher and find it there. And secondly, I was just thinking, uh, you know, if you would like to get more information about me, you can go to my website, drmage.com, drmaj.com. And that is my website for my podcast and just kind of my creative thing. You know, I have a practice website that you can link there. If you're in Chicago, or you have any interest in getting to know me as uh, chiropractically. One of the things on my podcast that I offer is my book, a digital download of my book. And if you text to 44222, the name of my book, You Can Be Well, one word, it will be delivered right to your inbox. So you can feel free to contact me that way as well. Awesome. And she's not mentioning communitychiropractic.net. That's also going to be in show notes. So you can check out these yes. photos. So everything we're talking about will be in show notes so that you have every which way to uh, connect with uh, Dr. Stephanie in uh, everything we're talking about, because I, I love your work. I love what you're doing. And I want people to uh, continue Thank to you. be inspired. Oh, absolutely. So as this show comes to a close, I end every show with uh, two questions. And trust me, I I could keep talking to you for hours. <laughs> Final two questions. If somebody would like to be a game changer, I consider you, like I said, to be a game changer out there in the community and, uh, and even larger than that. But if somebody wants to make a difference in some way, shape or form based on what you know, what would the single best piece of advice be that you would give them? Well, 
you're, the only way you're going to be a game changer if it, is if you're a game changer to yourself. And so my single best piece of advice is it's easier to stay well than to get well. And so it's much easier, it's cheaper, and it's much more beneficial to you as body, mind, and spirit to put your energies into staying well rather than scrambling to get well once your once your health is starting to slip. So uh, for those of you that don't think we're like-minded, uh, trust me, when my line is pay a little bit now or pay way more later, <laughs> we're like-minded. So uh, I got you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in this journey of life of your very close to 50 years, because I know we're coming up to your birthday, of everything that you know and have accumulated in this journey thus far, what is the single thing that you absolutely believe to be true? The single thing that I know to be true is that life loves me and that life wants me to succeed and that everything is going to be okay. All right. So on that <laughs> note, folks, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Steph. I so appreciate your time. And uh, for my listeners, I know they did as well. Jump on the show notes, connect with her in some way, shape or form, continue the inspiration. And uh, thank you again uh, for your time, Dr. Steph, and for all of you uh, to tuning into this week's Game Changer podcast. It's an honor. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.